Are you excited about God life? Huh? I said, are you excited about God life? You know what, uh, what, what I want to encourage you to do today is to uh, make sure that the God life you live is the one that's defined by the Word of God. Not the God life that you, that, you know, because, you know, you can, you can take uh, a definition and stick it to anything you want and say, okay, this is God life. But that don't mean it is. Huh? You know, uh, God life is defined by God. Go figure. And, and the life that Jesus came to connect you to, uh, you know, remember John 10.10, 10, he said, uh, I have come not that you might have church. He didn't say I've come that you might have some lessons. He said I came that you might have life. Life. And that's, that's like with a capital L. It's, it's, uh, I mentioned it already. It's more life than death. It's not the absence of death. It's just there's so much life it swallows up death. It's more joy than sorrow. It's not that there's never a moment of sorrow, but the joy that is your strength cancels out the, the weight and the pain of sorrow. It's more, it's more peace than chaos. And again, it's not the absence of chaos. It's just the ability to unleash an incredible peace that is beyond your ability to even understand it right in the midst of chaos. Matter of fact, what good is peace if it can't overwhelm the chaos that life produces? You know, Jesus said in this world, there's going to be chaos. But be of good cheer. Because what we got is bigger and better stronger, more powerful. See, the world can throw all kinds of stuff at you, but none of it compares to what God has deposited in you. Oh, come on, somebody. Right? So, so there is this life, this abundant life. The Amplified Bible says, I have come that you might have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. We're talking about, we're talking about a level of life that, that just, just that life alone is absolutely humiliating to hell. I can kind of tell I got the right group in here today, and, and, and here's the deal, is that what I'm hoping, see, if you want to do better in any area of your life, all you got to do really is, is uh, learn more. Like, 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 like if, if there's an area of life and it's not going as well as you want it to, well then just admit there must be something I don't know, that if I learn that, boom. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Everybody say principal thing. Well, the principal thing, what is that? Well, that's the, that, that's the first, the beginning. Again, we're back to getting things in order. A lot of times we engage in endeavor and then try to find the wisdom to fix it. And the problem is, is that it, that's out of order. When you get your life in order, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom will guard you. Guard you. Wisdom will guide you. Wisdom will promote you. Wisdom will protect you. You need the wisdom of God. There's answers in that Bible for everything. I mean, everything, everything you need for life and godliness is right up in the Word of God. And there's even great pickup lines in there for you single guys. And some of you single guys we see every week, and you're single every week. You need to start using biblical pickup lines. Huh? Right. You know, uh, uh, hey, hey, the other day I was reading the book of Numbers, and guess what? I don't have yours. See, it's like a Bible pickup line, Right? Or, or, hi, your name must be Faith, because you're the substance of everything I'm hoping for. See, I, I mean, you know, you got, you, 
you, you got you to know what you're doing, right? You, you got to know the Word of God to use the Word of God. Come on, somebody. You you need to have and enjoy life. You want to know one of the problems with a lot of Christians is that they don't enjoy much of it. Huh? You realize that there was this dude, and, and, and it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There's a story of a guy, and he's referred to in those three Gospels as the rich young ruler. A rich young ruler Think about this dude for a minute. He had, he had at least three things going for him. He's rich, he's young, and he's a ruler. Okay? He's got authority, he's got money, he, you know, and, and, and he's got energy. And, and there's something that was on Jesus and his disciples that attracted him to them. They didn't go looking for him. He came searching out them. See, there ought to be something on your life the life of a, of a Christian ought to cause the unbeliever to question his unbelief in God. See, we ought to be living so powerfully, so large, so, I mean, with so much influence that people who don't know God go, I need to know God. And he goes to them and he says, hey, what do I got to get, you know, what is it? What is it about you guys, man? What's on you? We got eternal life. How do I get eternal life? And, and, and you know, uh, this week, you know, I've been talking to a lot of guys. It's just kind of how I roll. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on the message and I'm working on thoughts and, and, and I'm, I'm seeking revelation. And, and, and so I started asking guys, uh, you know, okay, so someone asked you, what is eternal life? And everybody's answer, and, I, and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not putting anybody down. I just, I just want to want you to think for a minute because everybody's answer uh, referred to heaven. Okay, it's, it's like, well, eternal life. It's, it's someday we're going to go be with Jesus, and we're going to have eternity in the presence of Jesus, and it, you know, eternal life is going to be awesome. So in other words, to get what you got, I need to die. Okay, I, just so you know, I ain't going to hell, and I don't want to go to hell. But I don't want hell now either. See, in the life that Jesus came to connect you to, the, that eternal life, eternal means without end, but it doesn't start when you die. It's eternal. It's God life now. I said it's God life now. I said it's God life now. It's God life now. And if you're experiencing something that doesn't look like the life that Jesus would experience, you're living, you're settling for the wrong thing. You're trying to identify yourself as a believer, but, but see, it's every action is a manifestation of a belief. So to believe that God life is now, you have to live it now. Right? It's like you have to understand, you have to understand that, see, God wants you to prosper now. God wants you healthy now. God, God, wants you, God wants you blessed now. God, God wants you overcoming now. God wants you victorious now. God, God, hello, somebody? God don't want you down. God wants you up. You're, you're the head only and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. God wants that life to manifest in you now. And if it ain't, is it possible that there might be something you don't know that if you knew it, it would change everything? Ephesians 3, 20 gets quoted a lot. 
Okay? Now under him, this is the Amplified Bible, uh, and so it's a, it's a lot longer because most of us, when we quote it, we don't actually quote the Amplified because there's so much more. Right? But unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And we, and, and we stop there. I just want to show you something really quick. Uh, that, it, that The verse, see that little thing at the end of that verse? See, this verse doesn't end with 20. It's still going when it gets to 21. And 21 says, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Everybody say all generations. All generations. That's this one too. Okay, and forever and ever, amen. And so really it's about, it's like it gives us this main thought that sometimes we kind of overlook. It's like, but to him who's able, to him be the glory, to him, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations, to him be the glory. But then you go back and you, and you start looking at this verse and it says to him, because the consequence of the action of his power that is at work in us. See, uh, uh, little Sydney, is Sydney awesome or what? You know, it's crazy because I don't know if you know it. How old is Sydney? She just turned 18, 18, 18 years old. Sydney, Sydney's 18 and, and, and you know, she just looks eight and she's 18, and she's up here quoting Bible verses to you, and she said that this is, we can have confidence in this, knowing that he who has begun the good work in you will continue to perform it. He will complete it. He doesn't stop in the middle, and so God has begun something in you, so there's something on the inside of you that God started that he ain't going to cave in, give up, and walk away from. He's ready to work that power in you, through you, for you, by you, and amongst you. He has, man, I'm telling you, you got the power of God on the inside of you. And that power is able to carry out his purpose. His purpose. Because sometimes, you know, we're trying to get God to do our thing instead of realizing that, no, God's working through me to do his thing. Uh, you know, this is our prayer, right? That the eyes of our understanding might be enlightened, that we might know the hope of quiet in this Bible church, yeah, that, that we might know the hope of his calling. It's his call, his ministry. It's, you're living his life, and it's his purpose, and, and it's able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Man, it's like crazy because these words, I want to preach these words, but I got something else I got to get to. But check this out. His, his purpose, that power it can do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, all that we dare to ask or think. Or, 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 or uh, it, it goes even beyond our desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams and our highest prayers. See, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that we ask or think or imagine, ask, think, or imagine, ask. That word ask, that word ask is, uh, is translated a lot of other places in your Bible as pray. Uh, the word think, you could, you could translate meditate. See, what are you meditating on? What are you meditating on? And it's just a quick question. You know, what are you praying about? Your purpose or his? What are you meditating? Your purpose or his? What, what, what's the imagination that's been birthed in, in, this, in, in this time with God? Because you take God's word and you're going to get God's thoughts. And you take God's thoughts and you're going to see the images that he sees. So it's like the imagination is birthed by, by, by meditating on the thoughts that his word has inspired on the inside of you. See, but you got, you got to have a prayer life. 
that said, you got to have a per-. Look at your neighbor and say, I, I think that one's for you. You, you know, you, you, you got to have a prayer life. And, and we're not talking about a whining session. You know, I, I used to whine and call it prayer. That's why I hated prayer meeting. Because I really didn't enjoy, I never got anything good out of whining. And a lot of us, you know, it's like we go tell God stuff as if he doesn't already know it. And tell him how mean people have been and how they've done the wrong thing and how they, you know, and how this situation turned against me and how that door didn't open when it should have and how that thing. And we're whining about what is probably opportunity. Um, just a thought, okay? Uh, because the rich young ruler, remember, he went away sad. Uh, because Jesus, when he said, hey, how do, I, how do I activate this God life here and now? Here, how do I activate, activate it? And Jesus told him, he said, well, well you remember he went, through the, he, he went through the first five commandments and the guy said, oh, I've done all that. And Jesus says, really? Okay, well, take everything you have and sell it and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And, and he went away sad because he had great possessions. Okay, so he saw that opportunity as a challenge. But, and, and, and the guys with Jesus said, whoa, whoa, what, what is happening here? I mean, this is, gonna, this is that hard for a rich person to get to heaven? And, and Jesus reminds them, he says, you know, nobody has forsaken houses or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or lands that's not going to receive much more in this time, in this time. In this time, and that word time, now there's two Greek words for time in the Bible, uh, chronos and kairos. Chronos is where we get our word, you know, chronological. It's like uh, you, you set your clock back from, I don't know, what time was it when, when you changed the clocks? It was 11 and you went back to 10 just to make sure everything stays in that chronological order, the correct order. But kairos isn't, isn't a specific order. It's a specific piece of time impregnated with purpose by God. So he said, this guy just missed a Kairos opportunity because he saw it as a challenge instead of an opportunity. See, well, let me just ask you, how, how many of you would really like a victory? Well, then you're really going to have a battle because you can't have a victory without a battle. So the bigger the battle, the greater the victory. You, you know, it, it, it's like, hey, I, I, I want a breakthrough. Well, then there's going to be pressure. Right? Well, so the pressure is what? Well, that's, it could be your Kairos moment. could be your opportunity, not necessarily your problem. And, and, but you won't know that if you ain't praying. It, it, see, if you're whining, thinking it's prayer, see, this is another place where we redefine an action in our life, but we're off. We're, we're not aligned with the Word of God. See, prayer is taking God's Word into God's presence and staying there until you agree with God on that Word. See, and all of a sudden, you get the Word of God, and now you begin to get the thoughts of God because inside every word is a, you know, is a thought, and you begin to meditate the thoughts, and it begins to open up in your life, and you begin to see things that you haven't seen before. When you can see what you couldn't see before, you can get to where you couldn't go before, then you can touch what you couldn't reach before, so now you can accomplish what you couldn't do before. And, and, and he starts changing everything in front of you. Why? Because you're praying. You're, you're, you're in the Word of God. You're praying. And, 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 you're, and you're seeking his purpose because I know his purpose. His purpose isn't to harm me, but his purpose is to prosper me. His purpose isn't to suck me down, but his purpose is to elevate me up. His purpose isn't to get me to think about me. His purpose is to flow through me in a way that blesses others. Hello, somebody. 
See, if, 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 if the promise that we cling to that all the families of the earth shall be blessed by us, if, if the blessing promise that was given to Abraham is now ours because he's the father of our faith, and, and okay, so the blessing, to, you've been blessed to be a blessing, so in order to bless others, you're going to have to be blessed yourself. But it's not the purpose. See, it's like the purpose of a water pipe is not to get it wet. But getting it wet is part of the process. See, the purpose of the blessing isn't to get you blessed. But you're going to end up getting blessed as part of the process. So if you pursue his purpose, your life's going to get better. Okay, you with me? No, not yet. You with me? Okay, so, so, so let's go to Ephesians 5, because I'm trying to give you the, all of the Ephesians in one setting. But in Ephesians 5, 15, look what it says. Look carefully then how you walk. Well, why would it say that? Because if you're not careful, you're going you're gonna to walk wrong. You're going to handle the situations wrong. You're going to see the circumstance as a problem instead of an opportunity. You're going to miss your Kairos moments. He said, so be careful how you walk. Live purposefully right? Whose purpose? His. Live with purpose. Live with purpose. If you're not careful, you're going to miss the purpose. There's going to be a purpose in, in a situation, and you're not going to recognize the purpose. Why? Because you ain't, you ain't worded up. You ain't prayed up. you just floating through life, and here comes this Kairos moment, and you don't recognize, oh, that was a purpose moment. Re- remember, remember David and, 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 uh, uh, and he's just kind of going through life, but he's taking advantage of his opportunities, and he's, he's, he's out there taking care of his daddy's sheep one day, and they call him in, and they anoint him king. And he, he's anointed king, and, and, uh, and there's a whole huge process that we could get into about that, but he's anointed king, and then immediately sent back out to the field to take care of the sheep. And it's like, whoa, uh, you know, man, the, now that I'm anointed, everything changes. What's changed? Nothing. And he's back out there, and he's working, and he's developing, uh, you know, uh, harp or guitar skills. He's getting good. You know, he's probably picturing, because he's just a young kid, so he's probably picturing battles that he might fight as a, as a king. So he takes the only tool he's got, a sling and a rock, and he gets good at it. He doesn't just, like, you know, I mean, he develops. He, he gets good. Some of you guys have skills, talents, and abilities that you've never developed. Well, what happens when your Kairos moment comes? He's anointed king, and he's given a promise that he doesn't have the potential to see fulfilled. He can't be king, because to be king, you got to, you, you know what? I, I had the wrong genealogy. I can't be king. I'm not in that family line. See, some of you guys, you're looking at the promise of God, and you're going, it's impossible, and, and there's no way. Why? Well, because I don't have the potential to see that promise fulfilled. Then one day he's supposed to deliver cheese sandwiches to the brothers, and why? Because you got this 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 problem. We got this problem. Everybody's seeing this thing as a problem. We have this nine foot six inch problem, right? This thing's big, and 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 it's and it's calling out, and this and this goes on for like forty days. He he's he's calling them out. Send me a man. Send me a man. Send me a man. Send me a man. And God goes, I ain't got a man, but I got a boy. I got a boy who's prepared for this. And David asked, well, what, what, what do I get? What do I get if I kill him? And he asked three times. Why? Well, because he, he, he's getting this little bit of a revelation. What do I get? Well, you get a bunch of money. Your whole family gets their taxes paid. And you get to marry the king's daughter. Oh, my God. This positions me 
for the fulfillment of my promise. This fight has purpose in it. See, a lot of us fight fights that ain't got no purpose in there. So you're fighting, you're, you're using up all your time and energy and resource to fight a fight. It doesn't even matter when you win it. One rule of thumb is never fight a fight that isn't going to produce a reward. All you're going to do is wear yourself out so that when the right fight comes, you're too tired. You got, he said, if you're not careful, you're going to live for the wrong purpose. You'll live inaccurately. You won't hit the, you, you, you know, you're going to miss it. Don't live as the unwise and witless. Well, that just seems, you know, common sense. Romans 8, 6, is it? It says to be carnally minded is death. Is that right? I don't want to give you the wrong reference. You know, like some of you guys, I can drive right to your house. I don't necessarily know your address. Some of these verses I can quote, I don't always get the address right. Um, but I can still get there. To be carnally minded is death. The Amplified Bible says to be carnally minded, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. Sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. See, if you ain't praying, you, you're trying to do this using sense and reason, but you need to pray and you need to have God's word so that the Holy Spirit can get engaged in there. And by the, by the way, uh, uh, being led by the Spirit doesn't get rid of sense and reason. It adds the Holy Spirit to sense and reason. Okay, because Romans 12 tells us it's about renewal of the mind, not removal of the mind. See, a lot of believers have had mind removal. They need mind renewal. Okay? And he said, he said don't, don't live like the unwise, but as wise. But again, you've got to let the Bible define the Bible. Well, who does the Bible say are wise? Remember, the wise man built his house on the rock. The foolish man built his house on the sand. What was the difference between the wise and the foolish? Well, they, they both heard the word. One applied it. One didn't. The wise man applied the word. So when you're reading the Bible and it says, don't live like the unwise, who's the unwise? Well, they've received all kinds of instruction. They just don't live it. Don't live that way. If you're not careful, that's how you're going to live. You're going to live like somebody who goes to church and hears how to prosper but doesn't actually apply it. Why don't you apply it? Because it looks like a problem instead of an opportunity. It looks like it's going to cost me instead of promote me. Hello? Okay, 16. Make the most of time. Make the most of kairos. This isn't make the most of 9 a.m. This is make the most of the opportunities that I'm going to guide you to collide with. Okay, here's what I'm praying. Is that we will have the ability... See, to get you to transition from I've heard about God life to I'm living God life. See, and, and, and there are some, there are some mind things that a lot of people have to overcome because, you know, the, well, God's plan is to prosper you. Well, you know, uh, God doesn't really care if I'm rich. Really? So you being poor is going to help God Fulfill his purpose, not yours, but his purpose to help the poor. You know the best thing you could do for the poor? Stop being one. 
You know, there's a great brother, he's a great brother, uh, and, and he might be here today, and I don't mean to, uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to embarrass or offend, but a, a guy came not long ago, and he said, you know what, I'm going to start coming to this church. And I said, that's cool, I'm glad you're here. And uh, lo- looking forward to, to, you know, to the journey. And, and, and he goes, yeah, I, I said, uh, where do you live? And he kind of laughed, he goes, in my car. He goes, you know, I had a problem at my last church, I, I didn't really like it very much, and and, uh, and I had a problem, so I've decided to come here. And I said, well, just to be honest, you, you might have a problem here. Not that I don't want you here, but you're, I'm going to be on you now like crazy because it's not God's plan for you to live in a car. And so I'm going to drive you nuts, which is a very short drive. <laughs> I, I'm going to be on you all the time because that's not God's plan. God's plan is to prosper you. God's plan is that you walk in health. God's plan is that you be above only. God's plan is that you're the headlight, not the taillight. God's plan, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like a trainer, man. I'm going to be like a trainer. Any of you guys go to the gym and, you know, and work with the trainer? Anybody work with the trainer? And, you know, there, and there aren't there moments that you don't, you don't even like the look of your trainer? No matter if you hate your trainer, your trainer disgusts you. Your trainer, if he's any good, makes you sick. Okay, your trainer, your trainer makes you do stuff you don't want to do. He's always telling you that you got more in you, and you're going, no. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You got four more. Come on. I don't have it. You know, because of my trainer, because of my trainer, now there are certain days that I'm doing bench press, and, and, and like I, it's, I'm, I'm, I do bench press like at uh, 3, 10, 3, 15, you know, bench press, sometimes 4 o'clock. Um, and, and you know, and the trainer gets you gets you to push when you don't want to push. See, that's how I'm going to be in your guys' life, because to do to fulfill the purpose that God has for us, see, you got to walk in favor. I said to fulfill the purpose that God has on us as the garden, you got to walk in favor. Well, to walk in favor means you got to get your life in order. To get your life in order, you know, I'm sorry, it's going to impact the way you handle your money. It's going to impact the way you make your decisions. It's going to impact the way you live your life. It's going to impact the way you address every opportunity because the days, the days are evil, but that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing if you're good because how do you overcome evil? Doing good. So you're going to launch out and start doing good. Hey, look at somebody say, I'm about ready to start doing good. Man, you got evil creeping into your life. That's easy. Just start doing good. That's how you overcome evil. You do good. Well, who defines good? God does. Did, did I give you one more verse there in, in, in this one? It says, don't be vague and thoughtless or foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. And, you know, probably if I came through here with the microphone and just started walking down the aisles and don't get freaky because I'm not going to do it. I thought about it, but I won't. But it just started asking, what, what's the will of God for your life? Okay, what's the will of God for your year? What, what, what's your will of God for today? You, you know, well, if you, don't, if you don't get a grip on it, how do you think you're going to accomplish it? Well, how do, I, how do I know God's will for today? Well, I'm going to have to pray. I'm going to have to get in the Word of God, and I'm going to have to pray. So the other day, I was getting ready to head into town and meet a friend. We're going to have breakfast, and where he wants to go is 30 minutes from the house, and that's not a problem. It's an opportunity. 
to get in the rig and I'm talking to God because I'm wanting insight and revelation and discernment and understanding how to lead the people of God into a walk of the favor of God. I'm thinking this is going to be awesome in 30 minutes with the Lord. And I'm driving in and talking to him and he starts talking to me about this. He said, I give seed to the sower. I'm like, that's awesome. Okay, now let's talk about the favor of God. And he said, oh, we're talking. I give seed to the sower. I want you to hear me. I give seed to the sower. Okay, God, but I need a Kairos moment. Hey, hey, and, and Shelby and I are praying about some stuff, and it's big stuff, and we're believing God for it. And he said, listen, let's just make it an exercise. And then you can, and so I'm going to tell you a story, but I can only tell you the beginning. I can't tell you the end because we haven't made it to the end yet. But I'll just keep you apprised as we go. Cool. So this is the beginning of the story. Look at somebody say, this is only the beginning. And can I just tell you that the way to make it to the end is to continue all the way through the middle. Okay? So, so, so we've made this commitment. And see, that's a problem that a lot of people start something, but they ain't got no commitment. And so they never finish it. But anyways, that's maybe another week. But, but so I'm in the rig, and I'm driving into town, and I'm praying. And he's talking to me. I give seed to the sower. Okay? So I, I get in the parking lot. I hook up with my friend. We're going in. He reaches out, shakes my hand. Good old Pentecostal handshake. You know what that is? He's got money in his hand. It transfers from him to me. <laughs> Look at that. Favor already gave me a $50 bill, and, and, and I'm like, favor, thank you, God. And he goes, I give seed to the sower. I went, oh, so this isn't mine. Now, can I just tell you, if I hadn't prayed about that, I'd have had 50 bucks. But because I prayed, God's going, no, I'm going to give you seed. This looks like a problem. No, this is your opportunity. Okay, so we eat, and somehow the bill comes to exactly $30. $30 for breakfast? That's, okay, I won't go there. And so, so uh, I go pay the bill. They give me five, or four or $5 bills. Now, you and I both know what that means. They anticipate a $5 tip. So I'm thinking, no problem. Walk back over to the table. I'm going to drop a five down. Look at that. I was blessed. She's blessed. Everybody's blessed. This looks like God life. God said, that's seed. <sighs> I, I, I don't mean to be this transparent, but it wasn't as easy as it should have been to just say, no problem. And, and here she comes. Here she comes. And she's looking at me, and I'm like, here. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the bills were a little damp because I had cried on them. Call that watering my seed. And, and, uh, <laughs> and so she's got that money, and I'm walking out, I'm walking out empty-handed. And see, a lot of people think that if I obey God, I'm going to go out empty-handed. And sometimes you are. Well, toughen up, buttercup. Get over it. So get, get over it. And, and, and that was on a Friday. And on Saturday, you know, get church ready. And, and I'm still talking to God. And it's and, and still, okay, God. And, and I'm sitting in my office getting ready. And, and a group of people come in and they got an envelope in their hand. They say, hey, uh, you know what? Uh, we just, we just want to bless you. And they gave me an envelope. And I opened up the envelope. It had 2,000 bucks in it. $2,000. That's 100 fold on 20. I'm like, oh, Lord. Okay, I, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm picking up on how this works. He goes, well, wait a minute, is that your harvest? Well, what do you mean? Does that cover what you and Shelby are praying for? No. Well, if it's not your harvest, then it must be your seed. seed. I gave you seed to sow. Oh, 
You think you're getting this too? And he's like, yeah. So, so here's what we're going to do, by the way, on, th- on the, the weekend right before Thanksgiving. And, and you, you, you might want to write this down. To every family that sh- comes on the weekend before Thanksgiving, we want to give every family a food box. Okay, every family's going to get a food box. And, well, we don't need it. Cool. So we'll give seed to the sower. So you can go find a family that needs it, and you can put it in their hand. Now, don't be, a, don't be embarrassed. If you need it, what we'd like you to do is eat it. Okay, but if you don't if you don't need it, then you can just take it and sow it. And so Shelby and I, we're gonna we're gonna you know the first two thousand dollars of that is gonna go towards food boxes. And if you want to help with that, you just come see me or Shelby, and and we'll put the money in there, and we'll make sure that it goes to food boxes. So we're gonna buy hundreds of food boxes, and we're gonna give those away. And, and uh, why? Well, because it's seed. It's seed. Uh, hold on. And don't think I'm telling you this so you know how generous I am. No, I'm telling you this so you understand the 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 the, the walk. Of favor. See, if I hadn't have prayed and got a firm grip on what the will of the Lord is, I'd have come home with a firm grip on three $5 bills. What did you go home with a firm grip on? You know, sometimes the challenge is the kairos. And you have to really be praying for us because I struggled with the four fives. I was tormented with the 2,000. And, and, and let's just say, and I'm not telling God how he's going to do it, but let's just say that 200,000, that's the hundredfold on 2,000, right? So 200,000 flows in, in in the next, you know, is, I'm not going to, you know, like I'm not limiting God, but see, here's my problem. This is a problem is that 200,000 doesn't answer what our prayer is either. So that means that's going to be seed too. But you have to continue what you began if you expect to become. Hello, somebody? See, the problems to, ele- to elevate, to elevate, uh, and can I just tell you that anytime God's talking to you about a seed, what he has in mind is a harvest. And when he, when he was talking to the rich young ruler, and, and he said, I'll tell you what, let's do. Let's just sell all your stuff. And, 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 and he pointed out to the guys, man, you don't understand. That was a Kairos moment. Because when I was talking to him about a seed, what I had in mind was his harvest. But it looks like I might have to go away empty. And it's not just money. See, some of you guys feel like if you took advantage of the opportunity to operate in forgiveness, that you'd walk away empty-handed. You think, you think that, that if you kept your attitude right at work because you didn't get what you thought you should get, but you keep your attitude godly, you think, that well, that means I'm, I'm empty-handed. I didn't get... No, it means you're positioned to release the favor of God. And God's favor will always promote you. See, the end is always better than your current condition. See, if you're going to walk in favor, you've got to be careful. You're going to have to be careful. Because if you're not careful, you'll end up walking wrong. You'll handle, you'll handle the opportunities wrong. You'll handle them like they're problems. Hey, one, more, one, one more verse in Ephesians 5. And this, this will be a great one for all you uh, party animals. Don't get drunk. Debauchery. But instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Let me just close with this thought. Don't be influenced by anything in a greater fashion than the Holy Spirit has the ability to influence you. Nothing should have stronger influence over your life than the Holy Spirit. Man, if you're unfamiliar with the Holy Spirit, you need to ask questions. You need to come see us and and you need to familiarize yourself because I'm telling you that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you intend to operate in the favor of God, see, here's the problem is that all you can produce is destruction without the Holy Spirit. It can make all the sense in the world. It It can be incredibly reasonable, but sense and reason without the Holy Spirit leads to death. You add the Holy Spirit to your life and your situation right now, it leads you to life and more life. Amen? Can I pray for you? Close your book, bow your head. Father, today I just thank you that you're going to reposition people today, here, now. That God, that as we wrap our heart and mind around uh, the truth of your word, that our lives are never going to be the same again. So, Lord, I just thank you for that blessing. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're in this room this morning and you're living life separated from God, you need to change that here and now. You need to say, okay, God, everybody in the room is going to pray it, but I'm going to pray it like it's just me talking to you. Holy Spirit, just move on the hearts right now. And if you're in this place and you say, you know what, Tom, I I just need to get my life right with God. I need to put God uh, on the throne of my heart. I I need to surrender my life uh, and receive his life. I need to surrender my ways and live God's ways. If that's you, I just want the ability to agree with you in prayer this morning. So would you do me a favor? If you're here right now and you say, I'll make this prayer my prayer. Would you just hold your hand up really high so I can agree with you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Anybody else? Just real quick. Thank you. That's so cool, man. You can put it down. Anybody else? Just I want everybody to pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. So come into my life. Change me. From the inside out, give me hope, give me strength, give me vision. I just receive it from you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody, give God another shout.